Welcome to the Making the Three podcast. I'm James Johnson. Most of my friends know me as JJ. I'm a former world-class athlete who competed at the highest levels in Greco-Roman wrestling. It was a natural transition for me to become a coach where I now tutor some of America's premier athletes with the Islander Summer Olympics in Tokyo. Joining me on the podcast is my great friend, a Phi Beta Sigma returning to brother, John Harris, who just happened to be one of the best sports journalists in the USA. Welcome to the Making the Three podcast. Hey, JJ. Takara Montgomery is considered one of the most dominant women wrestlers in U.S. Olympic and world history. She's the first African-American woman wrestler to represent the United States in the Olympics, competing at the 2004 Summer Games in Athens, Greece. Takara won silver medals at the 2001 and 2003 World Championships, along with capturing four U.S. national titles. Takara also captured gold at the 2003 Pan American Championships. She won four national championships at Cumberland College, and she became just the third woman to coach a U.S. college wrestling program when she took over at Lindenwood University. Tukara, welcome to the Making a Three podcast. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Tukara, I have to ask you, what's it like carrying the mantle as one of the most dominant women wrestlers in U.S. history? Uh, it's almost hard to really put in words because you. I think most um, people don't see themselves on, on such a high platform. You know, you just go in and you do what you love doing. And, you know, you're hoping for great results and everything. But I know I personally have never felt like, you know, I was the most dominant or anything like that. I just went out there to have a good time and just do the best that I could. So if that's where it put me and other people see me in that light, I'm good with that. It's nothing to complain about. You know, Takara, my question is, talk about the significance of being the first African-American woman to compete in the Olympics for the United States in, in Athens in you know, 2004. I was there. I saw you compete. And um, it was a history-making moment for you. Uh, share that with us and, and our audience. Uh, it took it took a while for it to set in, you know, like, and I'm, I'm not just talking like a couple weeks afterwards. Um, but to actually go and to be a part of something that was, a, was just something that's truly mind blowing to think about. Like I was, wow, I was really on the first ever U.S. U.S. Women's Olympic wrestling team. And um, I just hope that I, you know, I set a good precedence for those who followed after me, like those people who, who came and who strived to reach that highest platform, you know, in sports that, you know, I, I was able some able to be someone who could come in and and just example. That's that's always what I've told my former athletes and and teammates. You know, you can talk a good game and everything, but um actions speak louder. So like I just I hope that my actions there um just really showed how grateful and just how hard I worked to get to that point. Yeah. I like to ask what who got you started in the sport of wrestling and why was it a sport that you took up, you know, at an early age when I know when you started wrestling, there weren't, you know, as many women's programs as they are now. And also, can you elaborate? NCAA is passing a rule that women wrestling become one of the emerging sports for all D1 and D2 and D3 schools. And how do you see that changing the scope of women wrestling, not only in the USA, but in the world? Um. I think just just kind of thinking about or thinking back to it, 
when I started wrestling, um, I didn't know anybody who wrestled. You know, I, I watched a state tournament on PBS one year, like years before I even considered it. And even watching it at that time, I didn't think that it was something that I was gonna, I wanted to participate in or anything like that. And then just one day I was like, hey, like this is something um, our high school had started. We hadn't had a program in over 40 years. up for both men and women and I was like this is something that I, I kind of want to show I gathered up a bunch of my close female friends and we went out and tried out for the team and everybody made it um and we just kind of pushed everybody through and it was tough you know like it, it wasn't volleyball it wasn't basketball it, it was something like I don't think any of us knew anything about or was prepared for both the the mental and physical like demands of the sport of wrestling but um it was enjoyable it was something that like i really really loved and just wanted to continue uh with throughout high school and then uh at that time i didn't even have any clue that it was an option to do it in college i wrestled on the guys team in ohio at east technical high school and um you know like since it was opened up to both guys and girls we didn't really know that there was like a stigma attached to like girls wrestling especially girls wrestling guys but uh with my team starting at the same time we all started at the same time it just made the transition a lot easier uh as far as like getting respect from my teammates and my coaches and everything like that and then uh pursuing it after high school and moving into college it just it wasn't a, a ton of opportunities at all i think we had three programs that they offered uh, women's wrestling that had scholarships. So I think uh, it was University of Minnesota Morris, Cumberland College, which I did attend, and Missouri Valley. So it was like, where do you want to go? And um, for me, that was big to have college paid for to go and compete and still do what I, I liked and loved. And now to see all these programs that are offering women's wrestling, like I think right now there is some 30 plus uh, college programs that are offer that are varsity programs that offer scholarships for female athletes to come out and wrestle. I think it's phenomenal, absolutely mind blowing. And with the NCAA adding it as an emerging sport status, I think it's only gonna help um, the sport grow and just prosper. And it's something that I think any pioneer women's uh, former wrestlers or athletes are would love to see and love to to help out in any ways we can to, to really see that it becomes, you know, the sport that we all love that we can kind of get it on a platform where other people can admire and watch the sport. Okay. You know, you and I share a, a commonality. We both wrestle for Sunkiss, and I know Sunkiss has been instrumental globally in women and men wrestling. And how did, you know, having a sponsorship with Sunkiss, you know, help you as a, as a woman within the sport of wrestling emerge to where you're at today as being the head coach at Lindenwood College? It, it gave me the opportunity. Um, you know, I'm just a little inner city Cleveland girl uh, who, who grew up, you know, it was a struggle with, uh, you know, the confines of my environment, thing like that. So without having that sponsorship, there were a lot of opportunities that I would have missed out on. But um, being able to get the club that wanted to really uh, not only just have women on the team just to have them, but to make sure that they were prospering and to make sure that they were giving them the resources they needed to be successful was it was something that was crucial to my development um, as the athlete that I became throughout my uh, collegiate career and open career. And then also just, you know, it set a, it set a precedence for how I wanted to run my college program. So as an assistant uh, coach at Cumberland College, 
you know, I just kind of knew what I wanted and what I expected from my athletes and, um, you know, just our traveling and, and just the, all types of things like that. And then on to Lindenwood, like it just, that was a good foundation for me to, to start building, you know, programs throughout the uh, college ranks. Yeah. So you left Cumberland College where you were a very, very successful athlete. And you was there as a graduate assistant coach and you became the third woman head coach in wrestling in the United States at Lindenwood. What are your goals and your aspiration as being an Olympian and a national champion for your athletes? And what type of athlete do you look for coming into your program to, to continue to build it for greater success for the future? For me, it's, um, I expect the best, you know, like I, I, and not the best for everyone. Do I expect each athlete to become an Olympian? No, but I do expect to pull the best out of each athlete and maybe athlete to have a winning season or to become an All-American or, you know, that I've worked with some athletes that I, I feel like have that Olympic caliber, um, aspect to their their training regimen and things like that but again it's always pulling out the best and then also making them a well-rounded individual as well it's not just sports you know I've never wanted to recruit an athlete who just came for the athletic part of it you know that academic part is a huge huge it's 50 50 you know like I tell athletes all the time it's a 50 50 like um relationship you can't you can't have the athletics without the academics you know you have to be uh, eligible, And I mean, that's one part of it, but I'm always pushing those girls to make sure that they're finishing and they're really pursuing their degrees, you know? So um, that's always going to be something that you, as a coach, you kind of have to make sure that you're maintaining, keeping that balance. Because as a coach, like we, we want to make sure that they're producing on the mat, but you also have to understand that the, these are um, pivotal points in their lives. So you need to make sure that they're they're making the adjustments as far as getting the grades and going to class and, and finding that balance between their athletic careers and their athletic careers. Um, I'm sorry, the academic careers and their athletic careers throughout their uh, collegiate experience. Uh, you know, you and, I, you and I have this funny thing and I always call you Takara Takara. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, you're a beautiful person, beautiful heart, a great champion, you know, and I admire your success, you know. And I have a question for you. Do you see any Takaras, Takaras on your team that could be sleepers for the Olympics? Not currently. Um, since I'm, I'm no longer at uh, Cumberland or Lindenwood, I did uh, do one year as an assistant coach for a guys program at Rittner High School this year, which was a different experience altogether, but not currently, but it is something that, you know, you always keep in the back of your mind. You keep it on your radar. Like if we, uh, Missouri just sanctioned women's wrestling last year. So, you know, hopefully we'll get a couple girls who come out for the team this year. And you know, the, they're those diamonds in the rough. And I, I feel like I'm a good advocate for them to help them get to that next level. You know, maybe starting with something as simple as uh, making it to state and then winning state. And then who knows, you know, what possibilities and doors open because it seems like every day like the opportunities are just exploding and blossoming for these women athletes uh, who have chosen to go into the sport of wrestling. So if a, if a young woman was interested in wrestling and she wanted to reach out to, to Cara Montgomery, how could she reach out to you? Because I know you have a lot to offer. You've been a pioneer in the sport, not only with the Olympics, but at Cumberland College. And you have so much to offer. And how would that person reach out to you? And 
you know, for help, because I know there are a lot of women out there that are looking for women like you as role models, which you are. And, you know, I think that, you know, you're an incredible person and an incredible coach and the future is great for you. For me, um, I think the easiest way is to, to reach out to me on social media like Facebook. Um, I don't have an Instagram, but I really need to to get one of those. But Facebook, just reaching out that way. And then I do camps every summer. I did two camps uh, this summer in California. I usually do at least one in California. I like to spread out and try to get some other camps happening throughout uh, the country. Just uh, move all over. I want to get some on the East Coast and, you know, the Midwest. I'm from Ohio, so that that holds a a dear spot for me. Um, But I would really, really like to just branch out and get some more camps and and show these girls the opportunities. Because even now, I'll talk to athletes and they don't understand or they didn't know the opportunities that are out there for them. I hear so many girls still say like they didn't know that colleges offered uh, scholarships or they didn't know they could wrestle all girls in in college and things like that. So like I, I'm always advocating for the sport. Some girls who said that they only knew about one or two programs. So I'm always trying to get the girls to understand like one, the history of the sport and then the future of the sport. Like you, you have to you have to know what you're participating in and how to to better yourself throughout your career in wrestling. If you had one bit of advice that you could give to a young female athlete coming into sport, what would it be? I think um, to work hard, you know, like you don't have to prove anything to anyone, but always give it your best effort. You know, um, wrestling is, I tell people all the time, it is too hard of a sport to not to do it and not love it you know so like if you're gonna love it then go into it 100 percent and just really really work hard um and set goals for yourself you know like it, your goals can start very simple like i want to win my first match and then i want to have a winning season and you just keep building on that but understand like it's one thing to goal set but you also have to put the work in behind it to actually accomplish and reach those goals achieve those goals so i'm um, always pushing yourself work out of your comfort zone and just really really push the pace and work hard that's excellent advice. You know, I was given advice as a, a three-win Russell my first year, and and you never know what's going to happen. You you never know when there's going to be the next Takara, you know, out there, or the next James Johnson, I think, is pioneers in our sport. And not only in life, but outside the arena. You know, it's great advice. And, you know, I want to thank you for being a part of the to make that three. I think John has another question for you. No, you guys kind of touched on it a little bit. I was okay. just curious as women's wrestling begins to continue to evolve as being a choice, a sport of choice mm-hmm. for young ladies. Now, maybe they're playing other sports in the past. You feel like wrestling now, you mentioned, mentioned it is becoming a more viable option, but now with the increase in colleges um, offering wrestling to women, you just see this continuing to skyrocket as far as, you know, I can do this, I can do track, I can do basketball, I can do softball, or, hey, now I can do wrestling. I do, and that's what's so exciting about it. I, I was looking at the other day, and it just kind of showed um, the transition of um, participants in all high school sports. And for a while wrestling was like in the top three and it stayed there and now it's kind of balanced out somewhere in the middle and it's kind of held steady right there. And I really think with more and more sports or more and more uh, states starting to sanction the sport, 
and those opportunities becoming more readily available for the these athletes and they're not them not having that be uh, a little reserved about maybe having to wrestle on the guys team I think that's only going to help it's just going to those numbers are going to increase and those opportunities once they become more prevalent girls are really going to jump on because it's it's a, it's a catch-all sport you know it, it it really works for anybody it doesn't matter if you're the short kid the tall kid if you're you're very long or you're lanky or you're you know a little thicker or something along those lines it just really caters to to every type of individual if they if they want to commit to it and I think uh those opportunities will continue to blossom for women uh entering the sport yeah I think that's a great way to describe it wrestling is about weight classification all different shapes and sizes and doesn't matter where you're from or how you started it's all about your end game and you know and Takari you know you have a you know done a lot of things in the sport and you know like I said you know been a you know a pioneer of it you know you're in a you always be in the history books as the first African-American woman to go to the Olympics and I know that you know a lot of great things are coming and we just want to thank you for being on the, the, the making three podcast and as we get closer to the Olympics next summer we would love to have you back on to you know give you analogies of you know the women that are competing and you know I think that would be a, you know a blessing for a lot of people well, thank you. Like I said, I definitely appreciate uh, you guys inviting me onto the podcast. It seems like after I listen to a few of them, something that's that's been very positive and uplifting for the sport. And I'd love to come back uh, right before the Olympics or during or something and just kind of talk about it. Um, I think that would also be great. As we close out the Making It Three podcast today, we want to also thank Takara for that great plug there, right, JJ? That was nice. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Takara, Takara. <laughs> <laughs> again, again. Anything that helps. Thank you so much for coming on, taking your time. I know you have a busy schedule, but guests like you is what's making the making the three what it is today, and we're really excited about it. And we're happy that, that you agreed to be a part of it today. And thanks again. And as always, we want to thank our listening audience because without you, without you guys, none of it would be possible. Uh, join us next time for another Making the Three podcast with James Johnson and John Harris. The podcast is available on multiple platforms, including Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and CastBox.